0: the recruitment mentors community is now completely open for you to join it's the meeting point for recruitment professionals who want to take their development and growth into their own hands whether you're starting out your career or five years into it our mission is to empower you to accelerate your development with the most successful collective current and responsive teachings from outside of your four walls. You can now join the community for just £39 per month by going directly to our website at recruitmentmentors.com. That's recruitmentmentors.com. Your new mentors are waiting to meet you. Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors podcast. My name's Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Nicola Broomham, who is the proud owner of Broomham Recruitment who are a property specialist recruitment business that Nicola officially started in Jan 2020. Nicola's had a long career in the property sector before she entered the world of recruitment. And what is clear from what I can see is that Nicola has a huge passion for servicing the industry that she spent over a decade working in. Nicola's on a mission to provide an ethical recruitment service to the property industry, building real long-term relationships and giving as much value back to her industry through things like her podcast, mentoring professionals in the industry, and even being involved in campaigns that are focused on driving diversity within the property sector and I know how motivated and um, big of a plans Nicola has to make sure Broomham Recruitment is the property recruiter of choice. So, Nicola, thank you for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. That was quite an introduction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, really excited to unpack your your journey so far. So, first question, which we always like to start on here, is in in your opinion. What do you think, sort of, what characteristics and traits do you think make up a, a highly successful recruitment consultant?
1: Okay, so I think the, some of the most important traits for a good uh, recruitment consultant um, ultimately lie in communication. Um, I think that if you can't learn to listen, and I mean properly listen, not just already be thinking about what you're going to say next, if you can't do that effectively, and then transpose that information into a need and a desire and and a proper understanding of what somebody wants, you are not going to service whoever it is that you're speaking to, whether it be a client or a candidate. I think Mm. that um, far too often, we don't listen properly to what somebody is telling us that they want. And we can make assumptions or we can... um, I think I think it's 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 picking up on and asking the right questions of that individual to really drill down on on what their aims are, uh, whether they be hiring or whether they be looking for a role. So I think mm. that listening piece is key, and then communicating it back to through your CRM, through to your colleagues, through to all of it. It's it's that communication is yeah. is key for me.
0: Yeah, I like that. So. You've been on a really interesting journey, I think. You've been on like a really sort of untypical, like recruitment business owner journey, which yep. is what I was really excited to get you on. So ju- just to paint a picture for people then, and, and correct me if I get some of this wrong, but obviously you worked in the, the property industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like you worked for a couple of different brands um, and you was like, a it seemed like a sort of manager or led a team in different branches um so yeah. you was involved in leading teams that obviously were letting property in charge of letting properties, selling properties. Um and you did that for yeah, over a decade, like a, yes. a real long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then after that, it looked like you then sort of went into an interesting like consultancy role mm-hmm. where you then I'm assuming draw drew on like all the experience that you've got from working for other people and getting the best out of your teams, increasing performance to then do that with other branches and help them increase their yeah. performance and do those things. Right. She so did that. Exactly. And then you then went into recruitment. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> so did that for like, yeah, three and a bit years. And then you went, uh, joined a, a company called crux careers. So like, how, d- where, how did that happen? Like, wh- why, why, why do you then end up going into recruitment and mm. why didn't you stay? Like, I know you then recruited into the property sector, mm. but like, how come you didn't then continue supporting estate agency businesses with, I guess, what, you had been doing for the last x number of years
1: because I had kids right. so so I did ten years in in property, ten years in lettings um, went off and had children um, yeah had three of them, and then during <laughs> and so in between me having three kids. I did a little bit of consultancy and things like that. I dipped my toe in the water. What isn't on my CV is I even did a whole stint of childminding. I am a qualified childminder. (laughs) So, um, yeah, there's all sorts of weird and wonderful things. I've kind of – I can turn my hand to most things, um, and I set up a proper childminding business and things like that, which isn't on LinkedIn, but, yeah, it's there. Um, And – Anyway, I decided that my youngest was old enough to, that I wanted to go back to work. And when I tried to get back into working in property again and tried to go back to where my skills really le- sort of lay, I, I couldn't. Um, everybody was saying to me, you can't work part-time or you can't work reduced wow. hours. We can't, you can't do any of that stuff. You'll need, you've taken so many years out of the industry despite being a consultant that you'll need to come back at entry level and wow. i spoke to crux who said to me do you know what nick we're trialing a self-employed work from home kind of associate type model right do you want to give it a go and so i did i made my first place i i had to go and get all my own clients I had to go and get all of my own candidates very much um uh, sort of you know, a lone wolf as, as yeah. a self-employed recruiter quite often and um I had no idea where to start. I hadn't had no training. Nobody told me how to be a recruiter. I was literally given an email address and told to go and recruit. So, yeah, so I'm completely self-taught. But what I did was I went back and thought about all my experiences of when I was in property and when I was hiring and what, what were my pain points what were my, you know, when I when I was a consultant and I was helping businesses do, doing things like recruitment, because staff is always an issue. What did I what did I what were they telling me and what should I learn from it? And I basically taught myself to be a recruiter. Um mm. and i, uh, um, I you, know? let
0: I um let's I, I'd really like to just um uh, if it's okay with you, just sort mm. of hone in on sort of Nicola's journey, being um, a mum, growing a family, because like what you experienced in the property world de- definitely translates into the recruitment world. Um, it's, it's definitely changing, for sure, and probably has changed because of COVID. However, when we've had uh, women on this podcast before, what I learned around it and why there aren't as many um, women in sort of senior leadership positions in recruitment businesses was because they approached that crossroads it seemed like you appeared to and it was like right so I've just built 10 years of my career and I really need to I really want to have a family and I'm not I have there's a certain time scale where it's going to be easy for me to have children right and you have to really be aware of that and understand that and then it's all of a sudden you have to it seems like some industries make you feel like you have to choose almost like pick and choose is it going to be my career that I sacrifice and then it's all in on children so I guess I just want to ask you, like, what what kept you going? Because I guess a big part of you might have just felt like really deflated and unmotivated, and like, oh my god, I've just spent all this time building this career. Now I've sacrificed it all for my children. I'm back to square one. You're getting rejected, saying no, even though you've got all this experience. We're not supporting you part time. Like, what what kept you going on? Like, what where? Yeah, how was that experience?
1: Um, I did feel really deflated. In fact, mm. um, it. <laughs> At that particular time in in my life as well, my husband had just been headhunted to um, to come and do a new job. we relocated from the West Country to um, Buckinghamshire, where we live now. And we <laughs> he was he started a new job. We put our house on the market and we sold and moved in six weeks. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it was it was so fast? Um, and we moved into our current house on the twenty third of December. Wow. With three kids. And he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't do anything by halves in my life, it seems to me. And uh, he, he was already starting his new job. He was working up here, staying in travel lodges Monday to Friday. And I, we moved here. My, my kids started the school in the January. Um, and at that point, I was when I decided to go back to work and I had no friends. I, we, hadn't, oh. we had no family around us we were i was in this completely strange place my husband working long hours in a brand new job kids loving school with new friends and me being completely alone Mm. was probably probably one of the hardest times in my life and probably when i was at my lowest and i actually had this conversation with somebody the other day and i was saying that i'm a i'm a doer i I, you know nothing stops me i'm i'm Set my sights on something, I'm off, I'm going, I'm going to achieve it. It doesn't matter what hurdles in my way, I'll do it. And for the first time in my life, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. Couldn't be bothered to walk the dog, just nothing. And I therein realized that I needed to do something and that doing something was going back to work. And was that because
0: did you feel like part of that was because you wasn't work, like there was an element of like purpose there that was taken away? Yeah,
1: completely. Completely. Um, I suddenly had no, yeah, mm. no purpose is exactly what it was. Um, and I needed to go back, and it didn't matter who I spoke to. Nobody really cared. They just, all they saw was a CV with a huge, great chunk missing. And despite, yeah. you know, me owning, owning and setting up a child mining business and running that, and and also doing all of this consulting for for various other estate agents in that time, as well as dipping my toe in the water with some admin support and things like that for for my husband's business. Yeah, like you
0: showed, you was like really proactive, like, and that was yeah. Really showcased. Yeah,
1: but nobody saw it like that. All they saw was a CV that where somebody wanted to go back into doing lettings and hadn't been doing it for eight years or mm. whatever it was at that point. Um, seven, seven years. So mm. it was. Um, it was really horrible. It was really deflating, and I was applying for jobs which I knew I could do standing on my head, and wasn't getting a call, wasn't speaking to anybody, and I felt I felt even worse. Um, mm. And that's why didn't I didn't feel good enough. No, absolutely mm. not. I've, I felt completely worthless, which just added to how I was already feeling. Um, but I've, you know, I've, I've been through quite a lot of adversity in, in my younger years, um, and. I've got a fire in my belly and I just needed to almost give myself a big shake and say, Nick, this is not you. You are not this. You are not worthless, which is how I was completely feeling. Um, And then I started to look at, you know, do I set up a a crafting business? And and I was trying to think about other entrepreneurial things to do. And that's when this idea of trialing recruitment came along. I had nothing to lose at that point. That was the thing. Yeah, of
0: course you didn't. Yeah. And it was, completely reliant, it was completely reliant on you. There was no, there was no one to say you can't do this because of that or whatever. It was, it was, yeah. yeah, it was completely reliant on you, which is, I guess, which is why you was thinking of ideas on what you could do off your own back. I guess I have to ask them for people listening to this, that are thinking, oh, I, I want to have children in a couple of years time. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd, I'm assuming here, but again, I f- still feel like there'd be a lot of challenges that um mums face when it comes back to getting back into their career like firstly is like for someone that's thinking about having children in the next sort of year or so what would your advice be to them to like I guess mentally prepare or like what would you say to them as to what to expect when coming back to their career
1: um that's a tough one because it depends on what what they want to do if so for example my sister has recently had a baby and she was yeah. back at work within four months wow. and she and yeah because she knew how important her career was and she knew her career wasn't going to wait for her yeah. and she's managed to agree with her because she's very very good at what she does she's managed to agree with her employer that what she's going to do is work um, part-time hours and work from home but she's And she's able to do that and to juggle that. I think that anybody that's thinking about having children and is working for an employer that is going to offer zero flexibility to them, I think they need to be firstly questioning why they're working for that employer in the first place. But also I think there is a very, very strong argument because of COVID and because of what COVID's done and shown that you don't have to be in in the office every day of the week. But also you can do quite a lot um to maintain your career whilst being a, a full-time parent as well. And what I mean by that is you can do regular on, on constant learning, constant development. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I probably did wrong is that with lettings in particular, legislation changes all the time. And if someone's in recruitment, for example, and they are, they want to take two or three years out to have a child before that child goes to nursery or whatever, Make sure that you're still keeping your finger on the pulse of the industry and mm. what's happening. It doesn't mean that you've got to go go to work or perhaps do a little bit of um, volunteering or keeping in touch days, those sorts of things. Keep that keep that connection there. I I very I very quickly just sort of walked away and washed my hands of it, and that mm. was my downfall. Very much so. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. No, that, I think that's great advice, and I know I know it is very intrinsic, isn't it? It's very like it is you have to be aware of like yeah how important your career is and like what yeah what you're willing to do but I think that that's great advice is don't just check out um like yeah keep keep understanding what is what is current in your world and you can obviously the great thing now in today's world is there's there's loads of channels and ways that you can do that um and then I guess what comes up for me just thinking about what you said is then also I guess like Really try and over communicate to your employer on because uh, I feel like, again, I'm assuming here, I think the conversations that I've had in the past with women when I was in recruitment or just in general for people that think about having a family, I think sometimes they can try and uh, people can try and be like strategic of when they tell them or and, and stuff like that. And I feel like, like, try and not almost like hide it. Or like, yeah. I don't know, I feel like if you're in a company where you want to find out, are they going to support me? Is there going to be flexibility? I feel like you're better off trying to understand yeah. what that looks like before you're then in the position of having children and then expecting it. Then you don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, Do, I would agree. You agree with that. Yeah. I agree.
1: We actually we actually have a client at the moment who is recruiting because their 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 manager in their team has said to them that they would like to have children in the next couple of years. So what yeah. she's actually done is she's approached her boss and said, I want to have a family in the next couple of years, So, can but I don't want this team to dissolve while I'm away for 9, 12, yeah. 18 months or however long she just chooses to have off. Um, so actually, can we think about planning ahead and future succession and make sure that we've got the right people in that can look after that team when I'm not here for a few months?
0: Yeah, and, yeah, I and not, not everyone's going to react like that, but I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. You're going to feel way better about it when you then have that time, when you do then, when you are raising your child, aren't you? Cause it's, yeah. it's been, it's been collaborative rather than like, oh I didn't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that's interesting. The
1: other thing um, as well, though, is that I think that I know quite a few people that where the, the woman is the breadwinner and mm. she's gone back to work very quickly and they're, that the dads are, are the ones that are taking that that leave the dads mm. are, are very much sharing it i th- I personally think we could do a, very well to learn a lot from sort of scandinavian countries and the way they do things um i think mm. it, it does need to change but that's probably a conversation for another day <laughs> yeah.
0: no i love that and i'm glad we went we went there because i think that's this is sort of um we don't talk enough about it on this podcast for sure um So obviously then ended up in an environment then where you, it was completely reliant on Nicola Mm -hmm. to support yourself. Um, and what I just love about this is like, obviously you're self aware enough to be like, right, what challenges did I face when I was hiring and stuff like that? But obviously you was, you was, I guess the advantage that you had is that you really went into like this whole recruitment naive, really. (laughs) And just like, so I guess, so so it, look, it looks like obviously you did it for just over a year. So like, let's just touch on that really quickly and then we'll go into you then transition to starting your own recruitment business. But like what what was that sort of first year of like, yeah, building up candidates, getting clients? Like what, what was that like?
1: Um it I loved it. I absolutely really? love business development. Business development for me is like I'm in my <laughs> element doing that. So I, I just you've just got to be ballsy. When, you, mm. when you're doing something and, and it's something that I don't struggle with, um, luckily, but I think very quickly, I just learned, like I said, I pulled on all my old resources in terms of what I felt and what I'd learned no, like, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. And, and I just went out there and, and attacked it, um, made my first placements within two weeks. Um, wow. I, I, yeah, I just all very quickly established that LinkedIn was my friend. Um, And the more I worked LinkedIn and the more connections I had and the more I became real on there, because that's the other thing is that I think I I have quite a good um, identity on LinkedIn um, and personal brand. And I think that I learned that quite quickly. Um, And then I, I was I was working part time, juggling three kids, picking them up from school. Trying to multitask, cooking tea whilst on the phone to clients and candidates at you know half five, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, with with whilst bathing three children because my husband has is is an MD of a, an estate agent so he he works long hours too, and I just became this expert at multitasking. Really. Um, mm. Absolute expert at multitasking. <laughs> my kids became experts at YouTube. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I—I just—it it was mad, and I was uh, probably the top performer, even though I was part-time and, and working from home. Um, and everything I was doing, I was doing my own way. Um, there was no sort of rule book. There was all I had to do was kind of send my figures in once a week of what I had, what I'd done, how many interviews I'd booked, how many, you know. How many things are come in, yeah. all of that sort of stuff, my KPIs, if you like. um And other than that, I was completely left to my own devices, which for me worked really you well. Was after, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. So, so,
0: so then, obviously, then there was a period of. So then, when did you? Uh, I feel like because you started in that context in that environment, the thought of you then doing this on your own, it just makes sense, doesn't it? I feel like, like it, like surely you would have thought about that after you've done it a little while. Did like yeah. did those? I thought start coming quite quite quickly around having your own recruitment. It business. did.
1: They did come quite quickly. Um, but I think I think I was because I went into recruitment going, you know, what? if I'm crap at this, it really doesn't matter. I've lost matter. nothing. Yeah. Um, and because I realised quite quickly, actually, I wasn't crap at it. I was I was actually all right at it. Um, Uh, Yeah, I did start to have those thoughts very early on of, why am I doing this? Why am I paying a huge chunk of my commission to somebody else when that could all be going in my pocket? Definitely went through my head. It went through my head almost on a weekly basis. Um, And then, like, those feelings that I had when I was looking for a job again started to come in that little niggles of self-doubt. of actually, Nick... What is it? The, is it that other their brand that they want, or is it mm. you? You know what is it? And and I don't know. I think again, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to risk it for quite a while, and then mm. it got to the summer, and I think I was having a conversation with with my best friend, who also actually works in she does internal recruitment, and she was like, Nick, why are you still doing this? Just go out <laughs> and do it on your own. And I was like. I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, I seemed to have a bit of a blip where I I really wanted to spend some time focusing on my kids, and and I mm. didn't want to be focusing too much on recruitment, and it just meant that actually my placements were dropped dropped off. Yeah, and it was naturally it then it seemed like it was a good time for me to go. Well, I'm not walking away from shed loads of commission. Yeah, so let's give it a go. And yeah, so I yeah. set, I left in the I left in the August, and I set up in my kitchen in the september um i probably actually realistically left about i don't know end of may beginning of june in my head i'd mentally checked yeah, out yeah. knowing that that was going to yeah. happen and then set up in my kitchen
0: yeah so we that's what we're going to really uncover but because you've mentioned it i'm doing a um an event next week which is all about overcoming imposter syndrome so yeah. Let's just talk about those feelings because I think I saw you share something around this on LinkedIn at some point. Like I'd love to speak to people about this. Like I don't know. I guess what a lot of people want to know, it seems like that you recognize that you was having self-doubt and you are self-aware enough to sort of maybe find out what the reasons for some of those feelings are. But I guess people want to know, like, what what did you then draw on that helped you? snap out of that or I don't know things that helped you go well no actually I I do have a right to do this or I am someone that can do this I don't know does, when I sort of say that to you and ask is there anything that have helped because I'm sure these things feelings still come up now right because I'm sure for you there continues to be like a lot of firsts right yeah. and I found that right so there's a lot of firsts and you're just like this. Like, am I just winging this whole thing? Like, what? And obviously, you've, I am, I'm, I am have not got to the point yet where I've got employees. I've still relying on freelancers stuff like that. So for you, you've now got employees, and you've got people's livelihoods that you're supporting. So I guess, yeah, things that helped you make you go, no, you know what, Nick, I am, I am the person to be doing this, and I am right. I should rightfully be doing this. What, what comes up for you?
1: It, it actually goes back to something as I referred to earlier: adversity of. When I was younger, I okay. have massive imposter syndrome, huge. Really? imposter. In fact, on a daily basis, I go, I kind of question so much of what I'm doing. Um, and actually, it's, it's probably my team around me in particular, Jake, who kind of like almost gives me a metaphorical slap around the face and is like, sort yourself out. Come on. Um, <laughs> but the reason why is because um, when I was a, when I was a teenager, my parents just to give you a very quick summary. Yeah, yeah. when I was a teenager. My parents split up. Um, I stayed living with my dad. My dad got together with the most vile woman in the world. Um, She was horrible. First time we met her, she turned around and said to me, uh, look, mate, your dad doesn't like cats. I've got a cat. I don't like kids. Your dad's got kids. Oh, wow. She was was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. And so she actually suffered from bipolar and um, made my teenage life hell. Um, She threw me out at 17. And at 17, I kind of, I was still in the middle of doing my A-levels, dropped out of my A-levels, actually only finished with one AS level because I kind of had to go to work. Mm. And at that point, I kind of reached a, I I was was at a point in my life where I kind of felt sorry for myself and could have gone down the poor little me route, or I could do the screw you, I'm going to I've got this, I've got this, I'm going to forget you, I'm going to move on with my life and I'm going to be something and I'm going to be somebody. And actually, interestingly, the whole reason I became an estate agent is because I needed a car and it was the only job I could get which would give me a car. Um, so, so yeah, I had I had a bit of a challenging te- few teenage years and every time now I, I question myself or I doubt what I'm capable of, I pull myself back to when I was that 17-year-old like literally with pretty much nowhere to go had to move in with my boyfriend at the time who i hated didn't want to be with because i had no other option um and uh and yeah it's every time now i I pull myself back to that point and go well you got through that and you managed to make something of yourself you haven't got any Mm. haven't got a degree haven't got a levels have complete university of life experience and look what you've done nick look where you've gone yeah
0: yeah yeah.
1: do this you can do this and that's what i kind of
0: try and get back into that yeah yeah and I, and I guess so I guess it can yeah that's interesting so I guess at that point in your life obviously spe- especially that when you're that age there's so much wrapped up in like what you're doing if you've gone down an academic path what you're achieving there duh, duh, duh. so I yeah. guess there there would have been a lot of feelings of like wow I haven't even yeah all of my friends or peers or whatever have got these A-levels so that's why they can do that yeah. Whereas you, there's not nothing. Yeah. At that point, it's like, well, there's, yeah. yeah. If I did was, a, was like, yeah.
1: I was a grade A student. I absolutely really? grade A student. So all of my GCSEs, all A stars and A's. um I was. Yeah. So on- that,
0: that makes it even worse then, doesn't it? Because yeah. you, yeah. So it's like, doing- I've got one AS, I'm a failure. And so why would someone hire me or why would someone give me a chance?
1: Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. no, not at all. Because I, I knew I was, had, I knew I had the ability to learn I knew I had that intelligence yeah. you know I was on track to do economics a levels and all sorts of of pretty heavy stuff um and I I knew I had that behind me and I knew I could mm. do it um but I'm also big sister I've got a little <laughs> sister and a little brother and I needed to show that I could do this mm. and and I still feel like that now even now I'm still you, you still take that sort of matriarch of the family type thing
0: yeah um, yeah yeah So started, so what, what was like in your head, obviously we're, we're really like, obviously before we started this, So we started in your kitchen, but then as you shared with me and we'll go into it, like it really started like jam 2020, right? Yeah. So I guess, so I guess you was feeling like, yeah, why would I not do this for myself? I've got some success. Let's give it, was you also thinking like what's the worst that can happen still then? Like what, like, I'm not going to be in the worst position if I give this a real go or
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very. I have to admit, you know, I'm very fortunate. Like I touched on, my husband's got a very good job. Uh, we yeah. weren't financially reliant on on me doing well necessarily. Um, yes, we needed the income, but I could have probably got done something differently or something else if it if it had all failed. But I yeah. think I was confident enough that because, like I said earlier, because I was this lone wolf working at home on my own anyway when I was working for the other brand. Um, it didn't really feel any different. I was just yeah, yeah. an email address. Everyone just knew yeah. me as Nicola Brumham. So it didn't really matter. It, it, there wasn't a huge shift. Uh, what I didn't do is I didn't take a single client with me. I didn't take any data with me. I cleared absolutely everything off, as of course you're supposed to do. And and I very much went into it on day one with a brand new notepad going, right, <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> so um, Yeah,
0: and, I love but, that.
1: But very quickly people came back to me. I didn't go after anybody. Everybody came to me and everyone said, Look, whoa, where have you gone? I've got you got this other some somebody else has emailed me. Where are you? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so so when when did you start thinking about so obviously you then were just smashing it out like a lone wolf, like, as you have been? Mm-hmm. Like what I guess the first thing, like what um what did you have did you then have did you then think about this in a bit more of a strategic way? Because you'd been doing it for over 12 months before like what was did you have a plan or was it just like right let's just like did you no. decide you're going to focus anywhere like or was it just like let's just get money in the back let's just do deals
1: yeah it was literally let's just do deals no no planning no strategy no nothing I just I just thought right let's just see what happens and see where it goes if I'm honest I kind of thought it would be something I wouldn't necessarily do really full-time almost I kind of thought yeah. it would still work around the kids and, and things yeah. and I think I got to about the end of October and I had I was literally on the phone and every time I was on the phone my phone would ring three or four times to have three or four voicemails to phone back and I was wow. it was relentless, absolutely relentless, and the market was crazy busy and I I re- I realized very quickly that this couldn't just be a part time thing. This was actually gonna mm. be a big deal and um, I went and spoke. I've had a men. I, I contacted some companies and said, "Look, I've never set up a business before properly, like like this. I mean, yeah, you know, I've done, like I said, the childminding mm. bit, but it's a totally different industry. Help! What do I do?" I recruitment, well,
0: recruitment businesses.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I th- I think I need an accountant. Do I need an accountant? Do I need to be set up <laughs> as a limited business? What What do I need to do? Because um, I'd always done it as as just a sort of self you know, self employed thing um and i and and i went and met with a a guy who's still my mentor now um and how did you approach that
0: a lot a lot of people want a mentor or feel like they could benefit from one like was it did you just put your cards on the table was like look this is where i'm at this is what i'd really love help with did you like i don't know like was it did you say like hopefully i can help you in some way or like i don't know how did you try and share like ask in a way that maybe they could feel like something in it for them as well or did you or didn't you
1: uh, well, I I went to social media. So I went to LinkedIn and I went to Facebook and I spoke to friends. I actually went and met with three business coaches, um, wow, okay. and and I said, look, this is me. This is what's happened. What would you? What can you do for me in the next twelve months to help me? Because obviously, I was going to pay for that business mm. coach advice. And I came away from two of them going, eh, they're all right. Mm. And I phoned my husband and he'd be like, oh, you don't sound particularly full of beans. And I was like, no, they're okay. I kind of work with them. And then I went and met Mark, who's my current business coach. And I remember getting in the car and I phoned Paul and went, right, I could do... <laughs> and just talked at him with so much excitement and energy because he's he's a mentor and an accountancy firm in one. So nice. it means that it's all under one umbrella. So for me, I was like, right, tick, tick, tick. But also, he's just, he's like a, a male version of me. We're really? both, yeah, really. If you do Love disc that. assessments, we're both really high eyes um, right. on a disc. So we're in your face, bubbly, chatty, all of that yeah. stuff. So we just bounce off each other. Um, mm. And actually, he helped me and said to me, Nick, first thing you've got to do is read the E Myth. Um,
0: oh, that's a great book
1: fantastic book um and it really shaped my business from now now it Mm. has really really shaped my business and um he said go and read the e-myth and then come back to me and tell me what we're going to do to set up your business and you need to come up with a name and we need to get you as a limited business asap and that was the december and then at the beginning of january 6th of january room and recruitment was born
0: Mm. i love that i just absolutely love your Willingness just to take action and take the first step. Um, I, I think it's, it's amazing. So let's talk about this. I know we're we, we're sort of you're going into your second year in business now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So wait. So that means Jan 2020, obviously March 2020, COVID hit then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just just realized. Okay. Wow. Okay. So like, yeah. did you then? What? Just talk to us a bit about because I think this is what people like. So you've had all that experience obviously you've got this relationship now did you then start to like what what had you like what did you then have a plan like or like did you then how did you how did you think he was going to be different because I feel like up until that point you was really reliant and I can I feel like anyone listening can really see why would I not work with Nicola like I feel like she'd really do a good job like I'm sure people really bought into you and then you and then you delivered so like how how was you thinking about this now recruitment business where it's bigger than you and we're thinking of employees thinking about things that are doing things that aren't just reliant on you. Like what what was the thought process then to try and be different? Because I'm sure he was aware how competitive it was.
1: Uh yeah, very aware of how competitive it it, it is. Um there's lots of people that work in this industry. Um all I wanted to ever do and th- is be real. And that's probably mm. the I mean, our, our our words that when I set up Broomham are human, effective, and reliable. And that's what well, I want to values. There are values. And that first yeah. value of human is where I saw our biggest change. Um, mm. I knew how I had been treated when I was looking for a job. I knew the people yeah. I spoke to. I felt like I was just a tick box sometimes, tick in the box of, have you called her? Yeah, I've called her. Yeah, not got anything for her. Yeah, yeah, And I really wanted to provide a, a service to the property industry of ultimately someone that gave a shit mm. that's that's where i saw how we would be different now how did i have a business plan no did mm. i have um a, a, an idea of of where i wanted the business to get to at that point when i started it no and in fact i actually started with a self-employed model myself um really yeah so will is was my first employee who still works for me now um and will came on initially as a complete trainee to do my admin um i was thinking was it
0: employed or was it yeah he was
1: he was employed um will will um had been working at tesco's he was a grad he'd done a business degree and as soon as i spoke to will on the phone i loved him i was just like brilliant really really like this guy's get him in for an interview met him knew straight away that he would be like a little duracell bunny which he still is um
0: and what was the sell on that quick because I think sometimes people sh- who have smaller who are early on in that recruitment business journey can sometimes be what's the word? um they can think about how that person may think about their business and it, it's not the biggest business in the world and it's just one person or it's growing so they can be aware of that like what, what was the what was the sell to will obviously I'm sure we brought into you but what did you say this is where we're going this is where we are I don't know what was
1: the i my sale to him is was that i just told him my story i told him what i'd done before i told him how much the business had gone through the roof since september which was ultimately why i was hiring him um and i told him that what i wanted is i wanted somebody that was excited about the idea of a startup i actually wanted Mm. somebody that went oh there's an opportunity here i'm joining it at real grassroots not even grassroots level but like Hmm. further down than that, real seedling of a business, I want to join that and be part of that and be part of that growth. I didn't want somebody who was cautious of that. I wanted someone who saw it as an exciting new Hmm. prospect, not a negative thing. So that I didn't Hmm. I didn't want to have to sell it. And if I did have to sell it, for me that meant they weren't right.
0: Right. Yeah, that's fair enough. So when we say, and I, I, I love this by the way, and I, I, and I think what you've done a really great job on is like really stay true to who you are like now and also online. And I think clearly, like you said, that you recognize that quite early. I think if anyone wants to connect with you on LinkedIn and start seeing your content and stuff, like we can all get a real clear picture of who you are and the things that you care about and that that's who you are. So I guess how does like being human then translate into like commercials if you get what I mean so what what I'm saying is like Mm -hmm. so I want to just do the right thing be a good human care about people like how do we then how does that then help your business so we is that our sort of pitch to people as to why they should work with us I don't know like how does that then translate into you growing this recruitment business and it being well received by people
1: so um during COVID when COVID hit and um, we pay back pretty much every rebate that we had done um, from because <laughs> it really? was hit, well it hit in the middle of March and so many of our placements that we'd made then in the January into February were still during in their oh. rebate period and they all got sacked. Wow! So, so almost every single bit of money that we made at all in the whole of that first quarter was wiped out. And in fact, I think wow. we're in a, we're in a negative um by the time i oh, take it to will stack will salary etc i taken on an office all of that stuff um and i was convinced that that was it broom and recruitment was no more when covid hit um and i was like right it's done fine we'll just pack, kind of pack it all away and we'll start again when we can and 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 then i i again gave myself a bit of a talking to and was like no that's not what you're going to do so during covid what i did was i just Went out and did every single possible thing I could that was really positive. So, if you were, if you and I were connected on LinkedIn or yeah. Facebook at that time, you probably would have seen me dressed up as somebody from um, Anchorman, the film.
0: <laughs> um,
1: And every day I would join with um, four or five other property industry suppliers and and people. And we would just read good news stories. So rather than trying everything to be about negativity of COVID, we'd go and we'd talk about, I don't know, a a whale that had given birth in you know blah, 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 (laughs) or whatever it may have been. Or we'd talk about all this, like Captain Tom was a big one. And every single thing we tried to do was try to put a real positive on stuff. And people love that. People needed that. And then I very, very quickly established that actually the industry as a whole needs this. And working in the property industry, there's a real lack of women. There's a huge lack of diversity. There's um, a mental health issue that no one talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, and I felt that because of that presence on, on social media and because of all that good news stuff, and, and, and actually I quite like having, I quite like being vocal. I quite like yeah. having a voice. I like being controversial. I like standing up for, for things that I care about and that other people care about as well. I decided that what I would do is I would be that recruiter that would champion things that other recruiters were perhaps a bit wary of because you know the the estate agency old boys club might not like it if i start causing waves Mm. and i very quickly became known and i think i I hope i really hope i'm known within our industry as the recruiter that you can trust that's got Mm. your back that will listen to you regardless of what your situation is that will help you that will try to be positive and put a spin on things will fight your corner for you and so we what we what that did was that meant that from a candidate perspective we could be relied upon and all of the guys that work for me can all be relied upon because we have those same values and those same beliefs um and and actually we are a little bit different but also from a client side as well those clients were also seeing those same things and those same traits and um I I got interviews, and um, one of the things somebody said to ask me about is that as a business, we have a no-assholes policy. Mm. And what, what that means is is that if a candidate is an asshole, see ya, we're not dealing with you, don't be rude to my team, off you go. But also, mm. if a client is an asshole as well, bye-bye, I'm sorry, we're not willing to work with you. We're not here to just be a supplier, we're here to yeah, partner enough, with you. There's enough
0: companies out there that yeah. see you as a partner, yeah.
1: And because I was interviewed on on a um, industry publication about this and was was quite vocal about it, almost overnight, our a lot of our clients suddenly stepped back in line. You know, invoices really? yeah, invoices paid on time every time. Um, they knew wow. that if they were they didn't behave, if you like, I'd call them out. Um, we had a couple of clients who said to me, "Oh, um, can we can we uh, maybe not maybe not sort of like you know that." late 20, 30-year-old women, I'd probably prefer someone either younger or older. Why? Well, the chance that they're probably going to have kids, so I don't really employ them. Right, okay, go off and find another recruiter because I'm not recruiting for you. Bye-bye. And, and because I would go to LinkedIn and say, look, have this today, off you go. If you are a company that has these types of policies, don't come to me. All of a sudden, people got scared. And <laughs> it didn't mean that they got scared as in they don't want to use us. It just meant that they suddenly thought, Oh god we've got a recruiter in the property industry that's actually being true real. and real yeah. and and honest and 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 that and my, some of my values are actually like that so what it's done is it's meant that we attract clients that have the same values as us most of the time
0: mm, I love that and when which is great so i love that you d- did that um during covid so like when did if you remember i'm sure it's a bit of a blur now so like obviously march and then like you did all of that so you stay in front of mind you're trying to be positive i think that's when that human value really got tested right and mm. clearly you showed up you was human and like when when did business start picking up again then like did, was it long before people were going nick we're starting to see things move now i want to speak to you i've loved seeing you start I, like when did things start to pick up
1: well we offered we offered out our services to um when I say we, Will was furloughed because Will was employed. Um, yeah. Jake was self-employed at that particular moment in time. Mm. So um, he and I worked together, and we, what we did is we offered our services to everybody and anybody, regardless of industry, to help with their CV. We just said, look, if you want somebody to help you to give tweak it, give you some advice, whatever it may be, call us, email us. We'll do it for you. Completely free of charge. Off you go. Just, again, try to be that really – helpful Mm. person um and there is a company that in our industry that came to me and said i absolutely love what you guys are doing we're recruiting for 10 work from home roles and because of how you've kind of acted and the way you've been and how ethical you are which is really in line with what we do we'd like you guys to exclusively recruit for 10 roles and this was in the june and Mm. it was probably our savior at that time um, wow. both financially and kind of, I suppose, emotionally to a certain extent. And Jake that's and a I long worked time,
0: isn't it? March, April, May, doing a lot of yeah. helping. I'm sure you're in your head like, this is good karma. I'm not doing it because of just that, but it will come back. People will help. Things will start turning. And that's one of those moments, right? It's like, wow, people have seen what we're doing. And that it gives was, you that... even more motivation then, doesn't it? To
1: I think it was May. I think it was May because oh, May, the reason okay. why I say it was May is because, We suddenly, the housing market came back very quickly. Mm. Um, And the housing market came back, I think, at the beginning of middle of May time, it came back. um, And Mm. estate agents were allowed to go back to work. And almost instantly, all of those people that were still hiring back in March and February that had probably laid off all the people we'd placed were straight back on the phone saying, we're busy, we need more people again. And Mm. we got busy overnight and at that point, I recruited Joanne, um, mm. and Jake was put onto a permanent contract of, of an employee. We don't do self-employed anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And wow. actually, ironically, he and I had had a conversation about putting him on employed about the fourteenth of March. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, since, so how is it? How is it? So like, if we were to, how would you describe the last like six months? Then obviously you've you've. Um, hired more people like what how is it like in hindsight what what have been some of the the biggest learnings and during that period and over the last sort of first 12 months for you
1: um cash flow I, I I didn't monitor and didn't look at my cash flow um it's it's something that used to give me sleepless nights um and uh and I just sit there panicking knowing what was in the bank account or what was coming out of the bank account and uh putting in a cash flow forecast and things like that really helped me um, to understand things better. I'm, I'm very, um, I can be very flippant with, with money generally. I can, Mm. I think as well, I, I'm very reluctant to say no to things. Mm. Um, I've got, I I get quite a lot of FOMO. I miss, I, I, you know, I don't want to miss out on stuff. Um, And I, I, I can, I can sometimes be too quick to try and do too much as well. Um, mm. for, so for example, I, when I set up the Broom and podcast, I probably wasn't ready to set the Broom and podcast up at that point. And, you know, we've got this, we did new branding. We've got a new website that's being designed at the moment. We had a new podcasts, We had new offices. We had new employees all in the se- at exactly the same time. <laughs> um, and, I know the saying of you know if you want something done ask a busy person and that probably is me but I was running around like a nutter um and actually yeah but too much I'd just taken on too much and there's only so many plates that you can spin at once and I think for me I, I learned that I need to slow down sometimes um you know, I can be an absolute bull in a China shop with things and I'll have my heart set on something and I'll just decide that's what I want to do and I can be very tunnel-visioned with things. But mm. that's why I've also got the employees that I have. Um, and by that, I mean, for example, Jake Rayner, who works for me, is very sensible in terms of money. He's very good with money. He's very good with, um, he's a very dominant person. He's, he's, a, he's a leader. He knows the end goal. Whereas I've got other Jake, Jake Holt, that works for me, who's like this little voice on my shoulder every time I go a bit crazy that's like, rein it in, Nick. Just, just <laughs> calm, just calm down, right? Let's sit down, let's think about this, let's talk about this, let's put rational. And, and because I've tried to employ people that are the complete opposite of me and have very mm. different traits to me rather than surrounding myself with people like me, it's given a real fi- feeling of balance.
0: Mm, I love that. And that was a real conscious thing that you did. Yeah. 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 I love that. So how, how did you end your first year in business then? What did you end up doing revenue wise? Uh,
1: 205 grand.
0: And how are you feeling about this year? Do you think it's going to, what's the goal? Is it gonna double that more?
1: No, this year we should do six or six fifty.
0: it's
1: It's gone mad. It's gone absolutely mad. Um, mm. So it's yeah, last last year was a bit pants, but yeah. Hey ho, <laughs> we were in and out of lockdowns. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um and, it, and how are you so like obviously I just feel like you've been through so much to get to this point and I feel like I feel like there's obviously there's still plenty of ground to do and I'm sure there's a long list of things that you can improve, but I feel like you've got a sort of um solid foundation now, at least. And like how are you feeling about the future of this recruitment business that's been really organic and yeah, like how are you feeling um, about the future of it?
1: I, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of it. In fact, I, I took a phone call yesterday from somebody who said, oh, Nick, you know, I, I'm not ready to join you yet because I've got a couple of bits and pieces I need to sort out. But actually, can we have a conversation towards the end of the year? Because I've watched your growth. I've seen what you guys do. Mm. I've seen what you stand for. I want to be part of it. And I've made hiring mistakes in the last six months. That's probably one of my biggest actually learning points is I've made mistakes. I've hired the wrong people. Um, which is a recruiter it's probably uh-huh. not something you should admit. Um, but I think um, I'm really looking forward to what the next few years hold. I don't want us to grow too quickly. I don't want us to grow um, too fast in terms of hiring, again, the wrong people. I need to make sure I've got the right people in this business because um, we are, you know, we're a people people industry and a people business. And I, I love my team and I love my guys fiercely and we'll do it anything for them and they know that um and uh yeah I'm looking forward to what what the next next well the rest of this year holds actually I'm
0: looking forward so to what on I I'd, I'd, I'd be silly not to ask because it's a real common thing that we always hear on the podcast around the the hiring for your own business thing I guess what what were the things that you are now sort of non-negotiable for you I guess when you're hiring for your business that maybe you didn't do before
1: um I we've established our fit we Mm. hadn't properly actually sat down and established whilst whilst I said I wanted to hire different people and I I still stick by that because I'm a big believer in diversity what we we've established things like all of us have been through a challenge at some point or all Mm. of us have pushed ourselves at some point we are all um there there are certain characteristics and certain traits in all of us that make us who we are and um I think we've now learnt what those what those are and and I was unfortunately trying to hire somebody who was just chatty bubbly and and kind of good on the phone but mm. being a being a recruiter is so much more to that and a big big one for us is emotional intelligence and I don't think mm. I think um we need to make sure that that is really high in recruitment and I think that's probably where I went wrong
0: yeah fair enough so look before we finish just a couple of sort of more like quick, quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you've been part of the recruitment industry now for a couple of years. What, what, what would you love to see improve about the recruitment industry? Cause I'm sure you've come to learn the the perception the industry has and like you're, yeah, you're now going to be a real, hopefully a real um, real part of the recruitment industry as well as the property industry. Right. So I don't know what, how do you think we can change or improve the industry? What would you like to see improved?
1: I'd like to see a reduction in KPIs. Um, I'm not a big KPI fan, and I feel that um, a lot of the time, big companies that are constantly monitoring calls, monitoring number of interviews, CV sent, I don't think that makes for good recruitment. I think recruitment needs to be um, better, better quality, not more quantity. And um, mm. I, unfortunately I, I've, I've spoken to several people that have worked for large companies, large recruitment firms that have just had KPIs being bashed over the head all the time. And yeah. they've now fallen out of love with what, what this industry is really all about. Mm. So that's a big. Yeah, issue.
0: You do, you do hear that a lot. I think the, the, I think the language around it needs to change. I think, um, so I always like asking this question. So to be fair, I was going to ask you like, what book have you read that's had the biggest impact on you? But would you say it's the Emiss. Then have you covered 100%. that? Didn't you? Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good book. Um, what you can maybe go to the estate agent days on this, but I think it's a fun question to ask recruiters because of all the stories that you hear. But what what did you spend your first biggest commission paycheck on?
1: A holiday,
0: actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, a holiday. Nice. Um, yes. Yes, when we were allowed to go. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I'm ho- yeah, yeah. I'm hoping
1: we could do one soon. Uh, but yeah, I, I paid it on a, a very, very, very nice holiday that we'd been wanting to do for a long time.
0: Nice. So the final question I always ask people, I know you sort of mentioned this, but like, what, what, what's the ultimate goal for your recruitment career now? Do you think?
1: I, I want to be the go-to property recruiter in the UK um, because mm. we cover all of the UK. I want to be that go-to one. Um, we've been, we're involved in quite a lot of industry events and bits and pieces over the next, um, next few months. And I would really like that, that name and that brand of Broomham to be synonymous with property recruitment. Um, Mm. I think it's time that there was a change and a shift in, in this particular part of the industry. And I want us to be at the forefront of that change and be recognized as being different for the right reasons.
0: Yeah, no, I think I have no doubt you'll achieve that. And I think you're, you're well on your way. So yeah, thank you so much for
1: for sharing
0: and being honest. And thanks a lot for coming on, on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? And if you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.